on the wine side, an alcoholic or non-alcoholic wine might not be vegan is really related to the filtering process. And one of the ways that you can filter is using egg whites. That is the thing that would make a wine not vegan. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya Acosta, and I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. So this podcast episode features Adrian Stillman Krause, a former alcohol beverage marketer turned non-alcoholic beverage entrepreneur. And she discusses the challenges and the joys of navigating the non-alcoholic beverage industry. Adrian is the co-owner of the Dry Goods Beverage Company, a company that specializes in high-quality non-alcoholic wine and spirits. Adrian is also a certified sommelier and author of two books on cocktails and spirits. The Dry Goods Company sells delicious non-alcoholic wine and spirits that are perfect for those that are looking to cut back or cut out alcohol completely. Adrian has given us a discount code. Use HLS10 for 10% off your first order. Make sure that you use my affiliate link so that you can go straight to those delicious drinks that you might be interested in. And that's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash HLS drink. And let's meet Adrian. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast. I'm your host, Maya Acosta. I'm very excited about this conversation that we are going to have today because it's different. I never really brought on anyone to talk about non-alcoholic wine. And we have Adrian, who is the co-founder of the Dry Goods Beverage Company, an online store for non-alcoholic wine, spirits, and cocktails. And this is just perfect because we're going into the holidays. I thought it'd be fun to have this conversation with Adrian, have her tell us about the product and so many other things that we can learn. And she's going to tell us about her background and how she knows how to work and distribute all these wonderful spirits. So welcome, Adrian. Maya, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. And for those of you that are watching the video, I want to show you some of the two bottles that Adrian sent me, if you can see that. And I just did a little video for my social media. This one that I'm holding up, it's called um, BAX, Bax Botonics, Lemon. How do you pronounce that? Verbena? Verbena. Verbena. Mm-hmm. Okay. This would be like a liqueur or liquor. Is that right? Right. Exactly. It's a non-alcoholic spirit and it's, you know, you can use it as a replacement in many gin cocktails. It doesn't definitely does not taste like gin. Really fascinating husband and wife team out of the UK who are making that. Rose Bax is a forager. And so she has this incredible knowledge of plants and put together the, they have two flavors, verbena, and then another one that I actually have here, which is called sea buckthorn. And so the verbena is really kind of citrusy, has a lot of liminess, great with tonic water or with club soda. Again, you can substitute it for gin and, you know, many cocktails. And it's Uh definitely, it's one of my top favorite non-alcoholic spirits, which is one reason that I sent one to you. 
Well, thank you so much for the gift. I appreciate it. And as a matter of fact, I will be opening up that bottle this evening. Great. <laughs> um, what I opened up so that I could have a little bit during our conversation is this other bottle, which is a tea. Well, it's mm-hmm. called a sparkling tea. And I'll also show it here on the camera. If you can see it, it, it might not show as well. But I did, like I said, a video on my social media of trying to open the bottle because uh, Adrian is so funny. But when I did consume alcohol, especially bubbly, I always stepped into the next room and let my husband open it because I was so afraid. <laughs> but let me pour a glass while you tell us about the sparkling tea. Yeah, absolutely. So this is called Copenhagen Sparkling Tea. It is from Denmark, created by a Danish sommelier. And it's meant to kind of take the place of wine, but it is not imitating wine. It does not taste like wine. You're not going to take a sip of it and be confused. Think, (laughs) oh, this tastes just like Chardonnay. It's not. It's its own thing. The guy who created it was inspired by all these incredible teas that have a lot of really some similarities to wine. There's depth of flavor. There's kind of a very nuanced flavors. You can get more citrusy flavors. You can get earthy flavors, fruity flavors. There's some acidity in tea. There's tannin, which tannin is like, if you think of an oversteeped black tea and you take a sip, it's very drying in your mouth. Mm, That's tannin. And all of those things are present in wine as well. So he kind of went, instead of making an alcoholic wine and then removing the alcohol, he went about this a different way, saying, how can we take something else entirely and create a similar experience to wine without having it actually be wine? And this is what they came up with. You're smiling. So I hope that's a good sign (laughs) that you think it's good. I think it's genius. Oh, my goodness. This is wonderful. I just took a sip. and. The flavors are incredible. It's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful experience. I was telling Mm -hmm. you about the holidays are coming up and I want to be able to sip on something delicious without making it so obvious that I'm not consuming alcohol. And you just said that the goal is not to replicate, but create a unique experience that sort of satisfies us like the previous drinks used to. So cheers. This is a wonderful drink. I love it. Thank you. Good. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. It is one of our very top sellers, and it's also a personal favorite of mine. It's so unique, and I think really kind of hits all of the same points. The things that you might love about wine, I think this this sparkling tea kind of hits all of those points. Yes, it really does. Well, yeah. let's get started, Adrian. Okay. I'd love to learn. For our listeners, we'll talk a little bit about your own story, how you got sure. started in this business, and yeah. then we'll answer those common questions that people may have about whether it's okay to drink it if you're in recovery, or mm-hmm. maybe you've mm-hmm. never had an issue with alcohol, but you want to minimize your drinking. Sure. So sure. let's start with you. Tell us okay. a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I got into the drinks business on the alcohol side. I worked in beverage alcohol marketing mostly for about 10 years. And I started out in living in New York City in my 20s. It was the beginning of the craft cocktail scene when that was really exploding. And I spent a lot of nights in bars (laughs) sampling all of these delicious drinks that were being created. And that was, there was a lot of fun. There were definitely, you know, overindulgent experiences along the way. And 
but there is something that I still appreciate about a really well-made drink of any kind, you know, whether it's got alcohol or not. And it's the sort of the same way I feel about food. So about four and a half years ago, my husband and I were decided we wanted to grow our family and started trying to have children. And along the way, I encountered some, some health issues related to that. And so I totally changed my diet. I gave up alcohol. I gave up dairy, sugar, wheat, something else. I think I'm for caffeine, all of the things, you know, all at the same time. And I found that, you know, I really missed having, being able to have a glass of something delicious, especially when other people were enjoying wine. It's always kind of hard to feel left out. There's a ritual about it. You know, at the end of the day, you come home and you might enjoy a nice glass of wine or a cocktail. So there's that habitual side of it that's not necessarily related to the alcohol, but but that's practice oriented. And the options seem to be very, you know, kind of limited uh, for pe- for someone who wasn't drinking alcohol. So, you know, there's only so much sparkling water that you want to drink. And, you know, just because I'm not having liquor doesn't mean I want to drink, you know, apple juice. You know, I'm not, I'm not a child either. So we were, you know, I was feeling a little bit frustrated with, with this, with this space and kind of, you know, this lack of options. And then a friend recommended that we check out some of these non-alcoholic wine and spirit alternatives that were coming to market. And at first, honestly, my husband and I were skeptical. We thought, what would be the point of a non-alcoholic gin? That just sounds like a waste of time. But we went out and bought a whole bunch of things and we were just totally blown away by what we tasted. We were so impressed with the quality of what we tried. And what we found is that there's a whole community of people who have a really similar story to what I just shared with you. For some reason, they either wanted to or needed to give up or cut back on alcohol. They were dissatisfied with existing options. They decided to create their own thing so that there would be something that they wanted to drink available. So we really kind of started plugging into this, again, this community of entrepreneurs and they're, you know, all over the United States and all over the world. This is, I'm sure that many of your listeners are identifying with this story and there's just so many people who, who feel the same way, which is great that we have, you know, that there's more awareness about it. There's more of a kind of a movement and acceptance of not drinking because that's a whole other thing we can talk about, the peer pressure to drink alcohol, especially in social and maybe work situations. And so my husband and I got really excited again about these products. And we saw an opportunity to create a place where we wanted to make it easy for people to find high quality non-alcoholic drinks, because that is something that we often hear from customers as well. I tried a non-alcoholic wine and it just wasn't any good. And I will tell you, I have tried a lot of really bad non-alcoholic wine and we don't sell it in our store. (laughs) We only sell the good stuff, but it is out there. And so you kind of have to, you've got to maybe do a little bit more work to find the quality products out there. And so we wanted to help make it easier for people to find high quality drinks and also to find things that are going to fit their specific taste. Because of course, everybody has a, has different tastes. Some people really love 
fruity things. Some people really love bitter things. Some people really love very like citrusy drinks. So everyone's got a different different palate. And just because I like something doesn't mean you're going to like it. And we want to help match people up to something that they are going to like. So those are kind of our two guiding principles, if you will. So it's now been about two years ago that we started working on the Dry Goods Beverage Company, and we launched our online store last summer. Wow. And how has it been? What's the feedback that you're getting from people who are enjoying your your spirits? We, you know, the feedback has been really tremendous. We hear from people all the time that they're so excited to finally have find a non-alcoholic wine or spirit that they enjoy, that it's really helping them to navigate maybe being newly sober or helping moms who are pregnant or who have young children and helping them to still feel that they can be part of the celebration or part of the fun without the alcohol. Obviously, we have a lot of people who might have a health issue of some persuasion. And similarly, they really appreciate being able to have these kinds of products available to them. So it's been really, really tremendous getting that feedback. And at the end of the day, that's really what makes it worthwhile to be in business is that I really feel that we're helping people to achieve whatever their kind of drinking related goal is. We're helping to support them in that journey. And it can be lonely. You know, you can really feel isolated when you're not drinking alcohol. It's similar, I think, when, you know, for people who have celiac disease, for example, and they can't eat the same food, you know, as other folks, when you go to a party, you think, oh, that's not a big deal. Why should you be so upset about that? But when you experience it, it really is, it really can be very upsetting. And I think that having products like these really help alleviate that that emotional stress for people who are going through a period like that. And not to mention folks who are obviously who are looking to either, as I said, cut back or cut out alcohol, just supporting them, you know, in that journey for whatever reason that they're on it. Absolutely. And I said to you before that I think it's genius. There's a market for this. And for whatever reason, and you've just named several reasons why people have decided to move away from alcohol, I love the idea of supporting individuals who just kind of want to put down that beverage and pick up something more delicious, what you're offering here. I also would love for my listeners to know a little bit about your background as a sommelier, if I'm saying that right, because a lot of us didn't even know what that meant, even though you're (laughs) that individual that's helping to taste and discover those wonderful flavors that are found in the wine. Mm -hmm. If you can tell us about that, and also, are you able to taste a lot of these products? How do you make a decision in terms of which company, Mm -hmm. which small business you're going to support? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk about the sommelier part first. So I moved out, I moved to California. I live in Napa Valley with my husband. We are also still in the alcoholic wine business. So we kind of have one foot in each camp as it were. And when I came out here, I spent a year just studying wine at the Culinary Institute of America. They have a campus out here in Napa. So I studied with them for a year and then took the certified sommelier exam, which is administered by international body. And it was really fascinating to learn about wine in that way. Everything from the, you know, the farming of the grapes to kind of what happens in the winery. And then of course, how to pair it with food and how to recommend wines in a service environment. And it was really gave me an incredible new appreciation 
for wine and frankly for spirits, you know, which I had enjoyed as a consumer for many years, but, you know, never had really any knowledge of it. And for me, I find this with many things that learning more about it really enhances my enjoyment. So that was a really great thing that I was able to do. And then I'll just mention not it's not as a sommelier, but my other another part of my background was really focused on cocktails and spirits. And I've written two books focused on cocktails and spirits. Most recently was a book of over 600 alcoholic cocktail recipes that came out in 2020 called Spirited. I can, for those watching on video, I can show it to you. It's a pretty hefty tome. Wow. So (laughs) that is incredible. That's like a textbook. Oh my God. (laughs) It it is. It's thick. And it was actually ironic because it's when I was working on this book that I stopped drinking. So the fate works in mysterious ways. But the good news is, and actually when I was working on the book and I had was cutting out alcohol, I'm thinking in my mind, what am I going to do? I have all this knowledge about wine and spirits and cocktails, but I don't really want to drink alcohol anymore. What am I going to do with all of this knowledge? Do I just kind of throw it away and okay, well, that's my previous life and now I'm moving on. And then all of a sudden this new opportunity presented itself as a way for me to use that experience and that knowledge in this new space of non-alcoholic drinks. And that was also very exciting to me to be able to kind of bring my experience to a new place. And so you asked about tasting products and how we decide what to sell. So yes, I taste everything that we sell personally. And we have a pretty, we have a small selection. And part of the reason for that is that we have very high standards and we don't want to sell things that we can't 100% get behind. So There are other stores that sell kind of every single non-alcoholic product possibly available. And that's great to have those things available. But we've decided to be very, very curated in the way, in what we decide that we want to sell. And that's part of our commitment to quality and to having things that, you know, again, that we can get behind and believe in. And part of that, it's not, we sell products that are made by larger companies, but a lot of what we sell is small entrepreneurs just like us. I mentioned the Bax Botanics team. It's a husband and wife in the UK. There's a lot of husband and wife teams actually that I've found. And it's really fun to be able to work with those people and showcase their products and all of their hard work, because of course it is very hard work, you know, to go about making these things and and bring them to market. So that's another fun and inspiring aspect of what we do. Well, that's fascinating. I love that you're supporting small businesses, small entrepreneurs who are interested in taking this product and really making it available for a larger group. Mm -hmm. I want to go back a little bit. I don't want to skip over the fact that you had these health issues. So first of all, you stopped drinking alcohol as well as you kind of cleaned up your lifestyle. And so did you see any improvements as a result of not drinking alcohol? Because I don't know if you're completely alcohol free and that's okay if you're not, but that's one. And then tell us about Timothy, because a blessing did arrive as a result of making your changes. He did. He did. So yes, definitely big changes as a result of those diet adjustments. You know, I definitely noticed one of the things I noticed is that after cutting all those things out, if I have them... I notice that I don't feel well. And I think part of that is 
it's that, you know, that metaphor of like banging your head against a wall and you stop banging your head against a wall and it hurts. Well, it's not, you know, you've got to kind of like take a step back before you can appreciate maybe what the damage that you were doing to yourself. So that's definitely part of it. And I now enjoy a glass of wine here and there, but I really am not, it's not even that I feel that I can't, but I just don't want to drink more than that. I do Mm -hmm. enjoy a really well-made wine or a really well-made spirit. And I'll have sort of a little bit again on occasion, kind of here and there, but that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of don't need to have any more. So yes. And so then after four and a half years of waiting and hoping, our son arrived in May. His name is Timothy Hmm. and he is the greatest joy. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I also assume that it's also difficult to drink when you're breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. you know, just you have all these other things. So this is a good alternative. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you were talking about small businesses. And I was thinking of when we took a trip not long ago, I think it was last year, we have a a camper van and we took a trip last year to Big Bend National, Mm. uh, the national park Mm -hmm. here on the outskirts of Texas. And we are part of this organization that for some reason, the name just left me, but I want to tell you about it, where you can stay at different properties free overnight, free of charge, as long as you sort of whatever it may be, purchase a bottle of wine or have just anyway. So we joined this organization that will allow you to stay at different places. So you get more exposure to what's in your area or Mm -hmm. anywhere that you're traveling. And we Mm -hmm. landed at a vineyard that has a restaurant and a bar. It was just a beautiful experience. And we literally parked next to like all the grapes. <laughs> it was just yeah. so beautiful. What a wonderful experience. And they opened their doors to us. So we're having a conversation with one of the owners and and more of the people. It's a small town. And we talked about how do you support, for example, locally grown wine in Texas? Like there's an mm-hmm. organization or an association that helps support everyone. So I was like, I don't drink enough. At the time, I wasn't drinking enough to like sign up. <laughs> to purchase those. But what you're saying, I feel like something like that, but on a different scale, because you do Mm -hmm. ship throughout the country. So you're supporting those small individuals who perhaps also still sell regular wine. I don't know if they come from the wine industry like you did, that have that experience, but they're creating a non-alcoholic wine. Absolutely. There are some of the folks we work with do have a wine or related kind of background. It's actually interesting. There seems to be kind of a trend of people who have worked in the alcohol business getting into non-alcoholic drinks. And that's really fun to see. I think that that influx is bringing a new, is part of what's bringing a new level of quality to the industry, frankly. And it definitely is, you know, very small business and the sort of, you know, mom and pop, if you will, (laughs) entrepreneurs. And that is something that's, I believe in shopping local and shopping small. And so that's something that's personally important to me as Mm -hmm. well as conveniently, it also makes business sense for us to do that. That's right. So I have a couple of questions just in case they are these curiosities that my listeners have. Like I said, not all my listeners are vegan. And it's interesting because we were doing my husband, he's been interested in investing in small businesses as well. And we've learned, we know small vegan owners, like entrepreneurs as well, who Mm -hmm. 
basically will tell you that 90% of the consumers of the people who purchase their products are not vegan. Mm. So we've been really brainstorming on possibilities and things like that. And so I'm thinking probably the same thing in terms of your product that not everybody have like an alcohol issue or be completely alcohol free. But I'm getting off the topic. My question is, if you could answer, because I asked you when we previously had a conversation, if you can kind of explain to people vegan people, why in general, many of the wines may not be vegan. Because when I became vegan, this was a thing that started coming up. There's a whole Mm -hmm. website on how to purchase vegan wines. And then now I'm choosing not to drink wine at all. So if you happen to know a little bit about that, what makes some of the wines not vegan? And then you and I had a conversation about how some of the spirits, some of the wines that you are making available may or may not be vegan. If you can tell yes. us a little bit about that. Yes, I can. And I did some more sleuthing after our conversation. So I found some new information. So on the wine side, the reason that an alcoholic or non-alcoholic wine might not be vegan is really related to the filtering process. So almost all wines after being made are put through some kind of filtration to remove bacteria or spent yeast cells, kind of anything that might cause a problem down the line on the shelf. And one of the ways that you can filter is using egg whites. So that is the thing that would make a wine not vegan. Because wine is considered an agricultural product, there are no ingredients listed on the label. So it's difficult to know whether a wine has or has not gone through that unless the producer is specifically telling you on the label that this wine is vegan. And a lot of winemakers don't do that. Even if they don't use egg whites, they they might not tell you. So it's kind of frustrating. I reached out to all of our providers and specifically asked everyone, is your wine vegan? So we've got a special page on our website that I put up. And I know you've got that, that link, Maya, so people can get to it maybe link it in your show notes, but also it's on our FAQs page. If you go to our website, which is drygoodsdrinks.com and all the products that are specifically vegan are on that page. The other reason that I came across that other, it could be a non-alcoholic wines or non-alcoholic spirits would not be vegan is if they contain traditional sugar, which I had no idea, but of course, If you're vegan and Amaya, you know about this, that sugar for sort of similar reasons in processing can, they can use animal byproducts there. So those are the two reasons that products might be alcoholic or non-alcoholic products might not be vegan. Well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate that extra effort that you put into this in doing the research and creating a page specifically where we can find those vegan options because there's a whole market. It's just interesting that- it's a market that could be missed. And I know that most companies try to cover all, you know, all areas. Yeah. But vegans are not, it's interesting, just because you're vegan doesn't mean you don't drink, but it doesn't mean you drink, you know, it's just everyone's sure. still making their own personal choice as to what works for them or not. But it was new to me when I became vegan, that people started saying, you know, that's not vegan. And it's like, right. what do you mean? Right. And, and then, why would you think that? <laughs> it's just made of grapes. What do you mean? It's not vegan? You know, what could be that's more right. vegan than wine? That's Right. So my, I want to go back because, you know, you mentioned this, that a lot of people buy vegan products who are not 
strict vegans themselves. And Mm -hmm. we find that with our store and in the non-alcoholic space in general, actually the vast majority of people who purchase from us and who purchase non-alcoholic beverages are not completely sober. They drink wine as well, you know, like I do. I enjoy some alcoholic wine or alcoholic drinks sometimes. And then other days I don't want any alcohol, but I still want a delicious drink. And so here's where that, you know, fits into my life. Yeah. And some people do it the other way. But my dad, for example, I sent him a bottle of non-alcoholic gin when we were getting started. And he called me and he says, Adrian, this is great. I had one gin and tonic with regular gin. And then I had another one with half regular gin and half non-alcoholic gin. And then I had a third one <laughs> with all non-alcoholic gin. And I'm going, dad, why are you drinking three gin and tonics? <laughs> First of all, I'm thrilled that you're enjoying these products. But it was just, that was a very, you know, funny kind of dad moment where he was really enjoying being able to have another drink, but not having, you know, only would have had one alcoholic drink yeah. if he was just having an alcoholic gin, but he liked being able to have another one with the non-alcoholic product. And so that's, I think, a you know, something to point out to people that it's not only if you're sober, not only if you're taking a whole month off, you can mix and match in the same night or in the same week as well. Yeah, I love that. I would have wanted to see that video. That would have been too funny (laughs) just to see him do that. I love that. For example, like my mother, she stopped drinking many, many years ago. And I think for her, it's more of a religious thing. You Mm -hmm. know, she just became Mm -hmm. a hardcore Christian. Mm -hmm. The partying stopped. I came from that host family that when people came from Mexico, they would stay with us and all the parties and all the get togethers were always in our home. So there was Mm -hmm. plenty of drinking. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, my mother was like, okay, I'm done with alcohol, but she would love, plus she's diabetic as well. So I want to hold that off. So we can, you know, let's Mm -hmm. talk about that in a little while. But she did because of her diabetes, she decided that she just didn't need to drink anymore. Right now. I want to also answer the other question that people have about how is it that you remove the alcohol? So some of your mm-hmm. spirits, some of your wines, the alcohol was removed and in some they yeah. weren't like this beautiful tea that I'm having. And right. let me just add that I do have tasted not a lot because they're not as available, but I have had some non-alcoholic wine and oh my gosh, horrible, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I, oh dear. To the point yeah. that I actually didn't want, I was like, I don't even need to drink this. Why am no. I drinking this? No. I mean, when you're younger mm-hmm. and you're forcing alcohol, that's one thing. But when you're just trying to really enjoy a drink and it tastes horrible, no. But I will tell you that I had a group of us were in South Carolina recently and not everybody drank. It was a reunion for my husband's college friends and former college roommates And there were a couple of people that were drinkers. And in addition to their regular alcohol and beer, they had non-alcoholic beer, which was new to me Mm -hmm. as well. I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I never had that. And then there was another couple, they don't drink. She doesn't have that enzyme that allows her to process or handle alcohol. So with a small sip of wine, she will literally pass out. Mm-hmm. And so she sampled my wine. It wasn't the best wine, but we found it at a store. And mm-hmm. the fact that she was able to drink it and enjoy it with me was a tester for me because I said, well, you haven't passed out. So that probably right. means it doesn't have alcohol. So right. talk to us about how that whole process happens. Yes, definitely. Okay. So 
there's kind of two main camps in the non-alcoholic beverage world. There's the products that are made to imitate alcohol. And some, but not all of those are what we say, we call them alcohol removed. So at one point there was alcohol and then it got taken out. And then I'll talk a little bit more about that. That's like one camp. And those are the things that are going to be, okay, that's a non-alcoholic Chardonnay or a non-alcoholic gin. They're made to imitate their alcoholic counterparts. And then on the other side, you have products that are non-alcoholic, but they're kind of, they're just their own thing. They're not trying to imitate wine. Like the sparkling tea is, as we discussed, it's imitating some of the aspects of wine, but you're not going to ever drink that and be confused that it doesn't taste like wine. And there are some non-alcoholic spirits that fit that category as well. Like the Bax Botanics is a great example of that. And so when you getting a little bit more technical onto the wine side, when we have an alcohol removed wine, which there are delicious ones and I enjoy them too. What the way that you make those is that you make an alcoholic wine. So you make wine just like you would if you were making a regular alcoholic wine and then use something called vacuum distillation to remove the alcohol. And what that allows you to do is to remove the alcohol at a much lower temperature. Then if you boil alcohol or an alcoholic beverage, you will evaporate the alcohol. But if you boil wine, it doesn't taste very good afterwards. <laughs> so, <I bet. laughs> yeah. so vacuum distillation allows you to remove the alcohol without kind of ruining the rest of the wine. Right. That is pretty um, and so cool. So those products you'll see on the label, often the, it will say less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. And that's the legal definition in the United States of a non-alcoholic beverage. Just to put it in context, there are similar amounts of alcohol in fruit juices, in ripe fruit, even in like fresh bread. So that amount of alcohol is extraordinarily small it would really not be physically possible for you to drink fast enough to have an impact from the amount of alcohol in the liquid. That being said, everyone's body is different and some people may not be comfortable even with a small trace amount of alcohol, either because they have a physical reaction or because they just feel too risky. I just don't want to do it. And that's just a personal choice and a personal preference. But from a like chemistry perspective, you're really down near the very, very zero. As a reference point, a regular alcoholic gin, for example, is going to be about 40% alcohol by volume. A table wine is going to be usually between 12 and 15% alcohol by volume. And we're talking about 0.5%. And then there are some products that just don't have, that are absolutely zero, zero, zero alcohol because they're not nothing's being fermented to make them in the first place. And if that's a concern for anybody listening, we do have a specific page on our website. You can also find that in the FAQs that links you to products that absolutely have 0.0% alcohol by volume. Wonderful. I was just thinking as you're going through the explaining the process of that and the amount of alcohol found and is very, very little, like you said, I started to transition away from drinking by basically bringing in like kombucha, for example, because mm -hmm. of the fizziness and the sweet and yeah. all of that. But I wow. do feel like even kombucha is a little too sweet. 
But this tea is even more gratifying, I think, and probably not as much sugar that like what you would find mm -hmm. in kombucha. Mm -hmm. As we're talking about that, I was wondering if we could address some of those concerns that people may have. All yeah. right, since we're talking about some of those other concerns that people may have, if they have limitations, or for example, mm -hmm. one of the things that we spoke about, so we're not necessarily focusing on sobriety, mm -hmm. although you did listen to my interview with Janet Goran from Tribe Sober, who basically is like a sobriety coach. She offers this wonderful support group for people that are really feeling like they need that support. And I know that often she recommends some of her new members, you know, find those beautiful drinks that can support them in making the transition away from alcohol. So mm -hmm. we're not necessarily saying that everybody has to go sober or anything like that. But if you're interested in just moving away or making a transition, your products are a wonderful way to do so. So one of them is, is this a good replacement? Like I was just saying, a good way to transition towards sobriety, if that's one. And also I'm wondering, some of these products, are they okay for diabetics? Sure. So in terms of transitioning to sobriety, I think part of that, I'll say yes. Part of that is going to depend on why you're transitioning to sobriety. And for those who identify as alcoholics and who identify as being in recovery, I think from, which is not an experience that I have had, but I have spoken to people who, where that is their experience. And there is a little bit of where the tricky part can be is that if that is a concern for you, obviously we've talked about some of these products are made to imitate the taste of alcohol. That's supposed to taste just like alcoholic wine or alcoholic spirits. And that could be triggering to somebody who might be struggling with addiction. And so that is something that you should consider for yourself. It's something you could talk to your, your sponsor or your friends or maybe other people who have, have gone through that experience to get their perspective. It's going to be a deeply personal choice. I would say that is if that's a concern for you or for someone that you know, maybe a better choice would be some of these products that are not imitating the flavors of alcohol. They're delicious drinks that happen to not have alcohol in them. And again, that's something that they can enjoy instead of the glass of wine. So that would be the only kind of caveat that I would put on that. But in general, absolutely, these products can be a great thing in your toolkit to move towards sobriety or even just partial like less drinking, because I mentioned that part of the enjoyment of having a drink for me, and I know this is true of many other people, is the ritual of it. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, it's the habit. You come home and you're used to opening a bottle of wine or pouring a cocktail. And if you decide that you don't want to have, if you don't want to do that anymore, sometimes it can feel a little bit sad when you get home and you go, oh, well, now what am I going to do? <laughs> and frankly, there are many also unhealthy things that you could fill that void with, whether it's sugar or chips or something that meets that like craving that you're having. And I would argue that most of the products that we sell are better for you than many of those other options, which may not have alcohol in them, but still like aren't great for your health. Mm -hmm. And so on, you know, for the diabetics question, when we're looking at non-alcoholic products, one thing that I will point out is that I said the percentage, the alcohol by volume percentages earlier. So a standard bottle of alcoholic gin, 40% alcohol. That is a lot. When you remove 40% of what's in the bottle, that's a lot to remove. So you have to 
put something else in the drinks to make them taste interesting and delicious. One of the things that you can use is sugar. And so that is something to kind of just watch out for because especially the lower quality non-alcoholic drinks often just kind of, oh, we'll take out the alcohol and we'll just replace it with sugar. Great. (laughs) Well, you know, not so great if (laughs) you're concerned about your health or certainly if you're a diabetic. Right. So the higher quality products are not going to do that. And certainly the things that we sell are not totally packed with sugar, but there's still a range. You know, there's things that definitely have that are sweeter. And then there's things that are much less sweet. And that's something we put all of the nutritional information on the product pages on our website. We also have a specific page. Again, you can find it in our FAQs that have no and low sugar products. So if that's something that's concerning to you, you can, you can find that there. Mm-hmm. One of the things just sort of pay attention to is a lot of the non-alcoholic spirits have very, very little or maybe no sugar, but you're going to want to mix them with something, which is, mm-hmm. I think is an important actually conversation to have, because I do want to point out that the non-alcoholic spirits are made to be enjoyed in a mixed drink. They are not made to be enjoyed straight. So if you're someone who really enjoys a whiskey neat in the evening, it's going to be hard. I would not recommend doing that with a non-alcoholic whiskey. I haven't found one yet. And I, if I do, I'll let you know. I haven't found one yet that is delicious, kind of just like that. They do, but they make a really good whiskey sour. They make a really good highball with ginger beer, for example. So you definitely want to mix these non-alcoholic spirits with other things. And that's often Mm -hmm. where the sugar gets introduced, of course. But again, you're going to mix things that work for you. You can use lower glycemic sweeteners, or you can opt for using club soda, for example, instead of tonic water, which tonic water has a shockingly high amount of sugar, which is not something you necessarily, people necessarily think about and pay attention to. But there are things that you can do on that side to kind of tweak tweak the sugar content. Hmm. That's a great information that you just gave us there to take that into consideration. Even individuals who do not have necessarily those sort of restrictions because of health issues, sometimes we don't think about the amount of sugar and other mm-hmm. things that are added to our foods, our drinks. So yeah. there is a cute little spot here in the Dallas area that it's a perfect place for date night for couples. It's a very discreet place that you don't know what you're going into. It's one of those spots where they make these amazing drinks and pair them with something, a piece of Mm. chocolate, a little something. Mm -hmm. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. It was a little difficult for us because they don't have a nice vegan selection. Uh, Sometimes our drinks will have like egg white But it's sort of like what you're saying, the liquor itself, the spirit is not always by itself, because now the way that drinks are made, they're nicely mixed with something else, and then paired with something bite sized to kind of just really give you that wonderful, gratifying feeling. And so your website has a lot of recipes and recommendations as to how one can replicate kind of like that favorite drink using the spirits and then something else that they add at home, like mint or a fruit or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And those are all, I took my experience testing alcoholic recipes, brought it to non-alcohol. And I've personally tested every single recipe that we have on our website. Great job. I'm so excited about your company. I'm so excited to share this information. And I'm also thinking we're going into the holidays. 
I plan on taking a bottle to our staff holiday party dinner that we plan on having. Everyone else is probably going to be drinking. We'll have our bottle. I won't feel so left out. But I'm also thinking this would be a great gift idea, too, for anyone. Absolutely. And I'll just say about the holiday gatherings, too. One thing that I have found as I have been going on my own personal journey is that whenever I bring up the fact that I'm not drinking alcohol and that my husband and I have this company and here's a non-alcoholic wine, I have had fascinating conversations with all kinds of people. And it really is a conversation starter. And I think there are many more people out there who either maybe don't want to drink so much or are trying to cut back. And because it's often not kind of that socially acceptable, especially in a party context, they're not going to bring it up to you proactively. But if you bring it up, all of a sudden you're having conversations with all kinds of people. And I would imagine that there'll be other folks there who are interested in trying what you're bringing. Absolutely. I, I also will often take, we have some products that come in really nice little single serve cans, for example, or even in like little teeny bottles. And those are great for putting in your purse or in your pocket and taking with you to a party or a dinner. And that way you can have maybe a little more unobtrusively, you can have your single serving treat alongside everybody else. That's cute. I love that idea too. Oh my gosh, so much to try out. Very excited. Is there anything else you'd like to tell my listeners? Oh my goodness. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground. If anybody has questions about products or wants a personalized recommendation, we love talking about this stuff. So please check out our website and send us an email. I know you'll link this. The website is drygoodsdrinks.com. And there's an easy way to contact us through the website. And we also created a special discount code for your listeners to use so they can get 10% off their first order, which is HLS10. And would love to connect with anyone who is looking to, again, cut out or reduce alcohol in their life for whatever reason and help you to do that. Yeah, this has been wonderful. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And I just remembered the name of the organization I was trying to tell you. Have you ever heard of Harvest Host? No, but it sounds fascinating. They're trying to get more and more companies to sign up. And the organization, their new CEO just started a podcast. And what they do is you don't have to have a vineyard or or winery or anything like that. But I mean, if you have a distillery, they even have sometimes small museums join. We've stayed at a hangar area for airplanes. And it's a wonderful way of saying we have some property available. We can host one or two different camper vans or motorhomes, probably smaller vehicles. And you can stay there as long as the individual, the agreement is patronize my business, Mm -hmm. leave me a nice review, and you can stay at the property free of charge. And most of the time it's boondocking kind of thing. So we're not necessarily always plugged into power or using a water source from them. It's whatever space is available. And it's a wonderful way of as you're traveling and you're on the road to kind of try out the small businesses in the area that you're traveling. It's a great way for businesses to bring business into their area because people will sometimes detour, go off the road to come and check out a local business. So I don't know if that could ever be helpful to you and what you're doing, but this is one way that local winery or wine companies can get more exposure as well. I will definitely check that out. It sounds like a lot of fun. 
Anyway, it's been such a blast speaking with you. I want to thank you so much. And also your social media is by the same name, The Dry Goods. That's right. We're at Dry Goods Drinks on Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you again, Adrian, for your time. Maya, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Adrian Stillman Krause worked in the alcohol industry for 10 years before she and her husband decided to start a family. When she encountered some pregnancy-related health issues, she gave up alcohol and started exploring the world of non-alcoholic drinks. She was impressed by the quality of many of the products she tried and decided to start the Dry Goods Beverage Company. This company specializes in high-quality, non-alcoholic wine and spirits. The company has been a success, and Adrian is proud to be able to offer products that help people navigate sobriety, pregnancy, and other situations in which they may not want to drink alcohol. If you're ready to change your relationship with alcohol or are considering making changes, make sure to visit my previous conversations First, with Janet Guron of Tribe Sober, that'll be episode 225, and my most recent episode with Mary Wagstaff, and that's episode 252. The Dry Goods Beverage Company sells delicious non-alcoholic wine and spirits that are perfect for those looking to cut back or cut out alcohol. Adrian again, has given us a discount code. Make sure to use HLS10 for 10% off your first order, and make sure to use my affiliate link. And that's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash H-L-S drink. I would love to hear about your journey towards reducing your alcohol intake. Feel free to leave me a comment. And as always, my friends, thank you for being a listener. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to spread our message. Thanks for listening.